San Francisco. Welcome to Quizatron. Please join me in welcoming tonight's contestants, Steve Silberman, Dr. Jennifer McCrite, Kyrie Shabazz, Dr. Jonathan Foley, and Keith Ol Jensen. All right, so here's how this is going to work. Uh, over the course of six rounds, I'm going to ask uh, my contestants a variety of questions. Each contestant, as you might be able to see, has a buzzer in front of them that they can use to buzz in and answer said questions. It does not answer. It does not work right now, thank God, because otherwise this would just be an annoying cacophony of sounds. Um, it will work in a minute, though. And uh, when you buzz in, if you uh, if you are correct in answering the question, or if you amuse me, you get points. And you will lose points if you are incorrect or if you displease me in some way. Uh, whoever has the most points by the end of the show will be declared winner, and they can then wear the distinguished Quizotron belt for up to ten minutes. Whoa. Yeah, look, look at this beauty. Yeah, up to ten minutes. Without further ado... We're going to start with our traditional round one, which is getting to know the contestants. Buzzers at the ready. Question number one. Which contestant wasn't allowed on field trips as a child due to being a danger to himself and others? Kyrie Shabazz. Keith Law Jensen. That is absolutely correct. Well done, Kyrie. Yeah. Getting on the board early. I like it. Uh, how well do you know, Keith? Um, well enough, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no. I just feel like that sounds Keithy. Yeah. It's yeah. extremely, it's the Keithiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the Keith or most. Uh, Keith, why don't you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it started when we went to the Tide Pools whale watching field trip and I jumped in the ocean. Uh, and I don't know how to swim. <laughs> So I remember doing it, but I don't really remember why. Uh, so then after that, they said I couldn't go on field trips unless my mom came along. And my mom was like, yeah, no. <laughs> that's, that's the only time I get a break from you. So when the fourth grade went on a field trip, I had to go to the fifth grade class and just sit in the back and draw. <laughs> Um, Keith, have, have biologists studied you in terms of evolution? And... S several. <laughs> yeah. And they've, you know, made suggestions and prescriptions yeah. and nothing's helped. And yet you've <laughs> actually managed to reproduce. So you've, yeah. you've, yeah, you've really gone above and beyond. And I, I had this silly idea when I saw we were having a girl. I was like, oh good, she'll be more like my wife than me. But no, she's a little girl me. Yeah. <laughs> and she, but she hasn't killed herself yet. No, and she hasn't been banned from field trips yet. Good. She's been sent home a few times for being a cat in class, but... I'm sorry, for what? Being a cat, meowing, chasing balls of yarn. The other kids will actually bring balls of yarn to school and smuggle them in because they know that if class gets boring, they can throw one, and my daughter will go running after it with her claws out. I hope she wasn't pooping in the sandbox in the no. playground. Or... If, she, if she has, she's gotten away with it. I wouldn't put it past her. How old uh, she's not. She's 24. She's in medical school. She's in medical school. Keith, when you're not chasing around your cat child, uh, what are you doing with yourself? Um, I'm writing books that get uh, Roseanne Barr quotes on them. I just wanted to say it before you had a chance to, you big asshole. It does um, come up every show. Every he show. He tries to plug his book. What's the name of your book? 
punching Nazis and other good ideas. And who blurbed it on the front? Roseanne Barr, right? Roseanne Barr. Uh huh. And who does Roseanne Barr love? Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's just perfect. I love it. Yeah. I love that you But if you uh, want to buy a copy tonight, I have a special deal where I cross out her name and I write in Kate Gary's name because she also said the same quote. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Keith L. Jensen, everyone. Yeah. Woo. All right. Buzzers at the ready. Here we go. Question number two. Which contestant appeared in the 2017 documentary Long Strange Trip? That Steve would be Silverman. Me. It is you. Well done. <laughs> And uh, I was not actually tripping while I was on camera, but uh, it was a Grateful Dead documentary uh, for Amazon. And make sure and you get right up on that microphone. Okay. And can we bring him All up right. a little bit, maybe? Hello. So Put a lot of reverb on him, too, because from what I'm hearing, that would be fun. Yeah. Give him a little flashback. Okay, so great. This was a Grateful Dead documentary. It was a Grateful Dead documentary. Uh, I'm not really a fan. I only saw about 300 shows. But uh, <laughs> so, In how many years? Uh, 25. Something in one like night. Oh, so, I'm doing yeah, that. Right. I'm doing that. In about five minutes. Um, so, yeah. So, I went to a lot of Grateful Dead shows, and it was fun. And But the weird thing now is that when I go to concerts, not necessarily the Grateful Dead because they don't really exist anymore. When I go to concerts, people say, oh, I saw you in that documentary. What I mostly want to be doing is just being a puddle on the floor at that moment. Right. Um, right. Yeah, you just want to be high as shit because otherwise right. you have to hear the music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you just explained the Grateful Dead that was a, popularity. It's an easy joke. You've easy heard joke. it before. I'm not the comedian here. Uh, but that's not your normal job. No. What do, I, I what have a respectable job? adult job oh. as well. Um, I wrote a, a history of autism called Neurotribes that became an international bestseller. Yeah. Um, thank you. And what no one knows, this is literally the first anyone's heard of it. Uh, I'm actually going to be writing another book uh, coming out in about three years from now, but I can't say what it is yet. You heard but it here first, t- folks. What a but if you go Wait. to Twitter, Steve Silberman, I will be telling everyone in about a week. I'm sorry. That is the biggest tease I've ever heard. I'm writing another book in Three years. Yeah, yep. I can't tell you what yep. what it's about. I become a hermit for the next three years, basically. All right, you're George R. R. Martin. Exactly. It. Okay. Exactly. That'd be like ten years. Anyway, never mind. You you know what you don't. It's not too far off. Right. You, indeed. For our indeed. podcast listeners. Right. Indeed. It looks I, like you you might be cosplaying as George R. R. Martin true. right now. It's true. <laughs> Steve Silverman, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right, here we go. Question number three. Whose best review on Rate My Professor came from a student who said they loved the class because this person is, quote, personal friends with Al Gore? Jen McCrite. I'm going to say it's John. Absolutely correct. It is John. Yeah. Well done, Jen, getting on the board before she's even introduced. Excellent. Excellent. John, have you, have you seen your Rate My Professor page? No. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you close personal friends with uh, Al Gore? No. <laughs> uh, well, I know him well, but I wouldn't say he's a friend. But uh, Whoa. Whoa. Does like, Al Gore know this? Huh? Well, Al Gore wow. listens to this podcast. So. Oh, we are close personal friends, and he's okay. a very good guy. Uh, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I had to triple check to make sure that this was about you. Uh, uh-huh. you, you used to be a professor, but yep. this was at what, uh, in Wisconsin, was it? 
Yeah, I was a professor for about 20 years at the University of Wisconsin and the wow. University of Minnesota. Uh, and then I used to run the California Academy of Sciences here in San Francisco for about four years. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And then, um, uh, now I run a nonprofit called uh, Project Drawdown, which is uh, aims to be the world's uh, premier source of climate change solutions. We're kind of moving beyond debating whether climate change or gravity or other things exist, <laughs> because they sort of do, and moving to, like, hey, what the hell are we going to do about it? And... Um, uh, Project Drawdown has kind of uh, already outlined a hundred major solutions to climate change uh, and studied all of them. And we're kind of the nonpartisan, non-commercial go-to place for figuring out how we're going to save the world. Excellent. Yeah. Can I? Uh... Can I tell the listeners at home that John doesn't look old enough for any of that to be true? No, my next, my next point was that John is 112. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go outside much as a kid. You know, let's, no. you know saving the world, you know, it, it keeps you young, right? Um, no. 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 <laughs> John Foley, everyone. Yeah. Woo. Question number four. Who achieved instant fame by attempting to cause an earthquake? With their boobs. <laughs> Dr. Jen McWright. Absolutely right. correct. Well done, Keith. <laughs> Sorry, someone Jen. stole mine and she stole somebody's. It seemed fair. Jen, tell us about your titties. <laughs> they're, they're so nice they cause natural disasters, apparently. <laughs> I'm, I'm also a woman, so I'm allowed to broach this topic yeah, yeah, with you. No, it's, it's all good. Uh, this is uh, actually how we, we met. Uh, over your titties. Yeah, yeah. It was, wow. my boobs were together. I was a fan of your titties, and then I became a fan of you as a person. Thank you. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so I, I ran a blog back in the day in the atheist blog world, and, uh, there was a news story that had come out about an Iranian cleric who thought that immodestly dressed women caused earthquakes. And, you know, being the undergrad science student at the time that I was, I was like, hey, you know, that's a testable hypothesis. Like, <laughs> let's see if it actually works. So, you know, I fired off a blog post in about five minutes and said, next Monday, I'm going to wear a low-cut shirt. You should join me. Let's see if we cause any earthquakes. And it went super viral. I think 500,000 people joined the Facebook group. Wow. Um, Stephen Colbert picked it up. And the the sad thing was there there was an earthquake that day. <laughs> and, and I learned that when you say things like it's not statistically significant, people don't understand. <laughs> does this does this mean that my husband and I are in trouble for causing national disaster? Probably, right. probably. <laughs> uh, I mean, but there. To be fair, there. I I have an app on my phone that tells me whenever an earthquake happens around the world, and there are maybe a hundred per day. I'm I'm probably like jumping up and down then when that's happening or oh, something. Okay. That's what I. So that's do. still all you. <laughs> yeah, you don't think cleavage is shown a hundred times a day at least? You know what? That's a good have, point. Have I you ever it. looked for correlation between that app and what's playing on uh, HBO? Because I'm pretty sure you'd find. You went with HBO and not Skinamax. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it existed anymore. I was neither worrying about the either. younger audience. Yeah. <laughs> So, Jen, when you're not trying to destroy the world with your boobs, what are you what are you doing with yourself? Yeah, so I'm actually a PhD level scientist. All right. <laughs> um, so I got my PhD in genome sciences, and now I work for 23andMe, where I do science communication. So try to tell the world about the cool kind of research we're doing, and yeah, awesome, Jen McCride, everyone. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Question number five. 
Which contestant is the best person to have with you at the Taco Bell drive-thru? Wow. Long, think long and hard about this. It's the last question of this round. I feel like... If he's not going to hit the button, I'm going to hit the button. <laughs> I didn't know we hit our own buttons. You I thought we had your to own guess. Button. Okay, yeah, me. You know what? And I don't like... I don't like how my trivia is way less impressive. <laughs> Than the doctor or the book writer, you know what I mean? No, I've heard that it's not though, and I would like, if you don't mind, I would like to test it. I've heard that if an audience member tells you their order, you will tell them how to maximize their order. Absolutely, that's who. Can you we get? Any is anybody Bell? here a Taco Bell fan that can tell us their like regular order at the the drive through? Come on. I told you guys you needed to be obnoxious. Someone here. So the guy in the front row with the beard is being shy about it, but I could tell by he her looked, reaction. The guy with the beard. Like, this dude loves oh, his Taco okay. Bell. All right, all right. Uh, oh, yeah, great. Thank you. What's your Taco Bell order? It mostly consists of a crunch wrap of some kind. Now I normally add something like a potatoes or rice or something like that. So like a crunch wrap, potatoes, no, no meat. Vegetarian. Uh huh. All right. So that, that, but Taco Bell is awesome. Steak right there. Yeah. 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 And then a, uh, and then a, and then a, some kind of burrito with some rice and potatoes and shit. I don't know. Something like that. I so like if you this. don't know this what you want, get out of my line. But okay? no, 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 no. If you don't no, know, like, no, I'm just kidding. No, the crunch yeah, wrap like is crunch good. wrap and burrito. Crunch wrap is one of my favorite dishes to make. So oh, you yeah. are a very fancy young man to give yourself <laughs> crunch Thank wrap. You. You're going to take a 12-inch tortilla, heat it up for five seconds on each side. That you don't do beef, we're gonna take the beef out, we're gonna do nacho cheese, put the potatoes on there, put a crunchy toasted shell on top, give it a swirl, so there's an even portion of cheese and potato when you bite in. Circle pump of sour cream, four finger pinch of lettuce, three finger pinch of tomato, wrap it like a semi octagon, grilled for 17 seconds and serve. Did you just say- Damn! Yeah! Nice. Yeah! I'm sorry, did you just say semi octagon? I don't know the shape, I'm not a scientist, I didn't- <laughs> I don't have a PhD nor do I write a book. <laughs> but you really should. Yeah. No. You really yeah. should. I, it's an octagon shape, right? It's kind of octagon. You, yeah, yeah. you cannot complain about your bio. The PhD scientist bio was her boobies. <laughs> so and really people not. thought it probably was me. They probably... <laughs> Or you. Also, also you were the last one, so it was yeah, kind true. of a gimme. It was yeah. kind of a gimme. I am proud of my Taco Bell now. Yeah, how do you know so it's, much about Taco Bell? I worked there for years. How yeah. long? Too long, too long. <laughs> I worked there when I was a teenager, and then doing comedy, I need to make income. I couldn't work full time. So I had to go back. I was all positive, like, the class is half full. It doesn't matter where you at, it's where you go, and it was the worst shit I ever did in my life. <laughs> the glass was half empty, and, uh, yeah. I'm sorry so about that. It was bad, but it was fun, so. But, like, if the audience has questions after the show regarding yeah. their talk, like, cause a lot of them probably just have secret Taco Bell things that they don't want to air on a podcast. Exactly, and so. it's too classy. I know I could smell the taco sauce on some of y'all jackets. <laughs> I know. Have but, you been to the world's most beautiful Taco Bell in Pacifica? I didn't know that was a thing, no. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. my favorite because I surf, and that's a, a well-known surf spot in Lindemar. And, yeah. Uh, there's a Taco Bell that is literally on the beach with a deck that overlooks the ocean. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it is legitimately beautiful, but actually, maybe you can help me because I don't like Taco Bell anymore. Since I became a vegetarian... 
Like, it's That's just smart. not good to me. Like, a friend got me a bean burrito once. All right, you want to? I'm sorry. Taco Bell just announced that in 2019 they're coming out with a new vegan and vegetarian menu. Oh. Boom. Yeah. All right. By the way, this podcast is now sponsored by Taco Bell. <laughs> Thank you, Taco Bell. But, okay, but before that comes out, what would you recommend in general to a vegetarian? I, I am pescatarian. I will eat fish, but I would never eat fish from a Taco Bell. <laughs> what Why would you recommend choice. for me? Cinnamon twist. I don't know. A cinnamon uh, twist. Man. A glass of water. I don't know. All right. I'll have cinnamon some water. twist after a surf sesh. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. And uh, so now that you're not working at Taco Bell anymore, what do you do? Just stand up full time. So I'm lucky I get to do stand up full time and, you know, go out and make a living from it. So it, it, I, I made it barely through, but I might have to go back to Taco Bell in a year. So. No. Well, I mean, first of all, if you do, you should go to Pacifica. But That's for the elite members <laughs> right, only, right. yeah. Only the no. best of the best yeah. get there. Oh, but if, you're not elite, if you're not elite after that description you just gave, I want to hear those guys do it. Yeah, really? That was amazing. <laughs> because I'm rogue and edgy and unpredictable. You know what I mean? Ah. Like They want me there, but I don't want to sell You're a taco out. artist. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us, so what was the, what was the big competition that you just won? Uh, Stand Up NBC for Diversity. So Stand that Up was, NBC. Yeah. And, and it was right here in San Francisco at, uh, Cobbs. Cool. That's a big Excellent. fucking deal, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. They saved me from a life of, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, And I'm, I'm sorry, but okay. I can't not point out that he's the second person from Sacramento to win it in a row and the third in the last decade. Sack town. Wow. Boom. Yeah. Like how many of you? Shut up! Won? Shut up! <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, have you not won any? I went. I went to it. Even though you're what, from did Sacramento. Did you hear it's the NBC Stand Up for Diversity? Yeah. So I went to it, and they, they invited me to audition. And I went up. I was like, "Hey, I'm the white guy who doesn't know why he's here." And they didn't know why. They were like, "Are you gay?" And I was like, "Sorry." And they were like, "Okay, I guess, I guess, do your five. Like, Has a girl ever just like slipped a finger right. in or like anything? No. <laughs> Yeah, so it didn't quite, yeah. That's my excuse, <laughs> yeah, that Kyrie. Like That's a... why you won over me, just because the white man is being held down once again. <laughs> Sorry, I just made a joke about, like, yeah. I know, I, I rode right over it. fingered and, like, one person <laughs> the audience no appreciated it. So, thank, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's jump right into round two. Uh, round two is the science of comedy. So this is the, the first time we've ever done this round. This is, I feel, an even playing field for our scientists and comedians. Question number one. What secret to good comedy did a linguist at Texas A&M University study and claim that he found to be completely without merit? Keith. You just got to yell really loud. <laughs> Anyone who's been to an open mic knows this is heavily employed. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. You know, I probably would have got the point if I yelled the answer louder. Oh, am I yelling the answer louder now? <laughs> yes. Giving you points. You're still wrong, though. Uh, so, yeah, what, what, what traditional secret of comedy did this researcher claim to debunk? What's the secret of comedy? Kyrie. I believe it's K sounds. K sounds are funnier. Cankles, cackle, kangaroo. That is a kerfuffle. really. You know what? That's a great gasp. Oh man! <laughs> but 
keep it in mind it might come up later. Ah. Uh, but it's wrong in this instance. <laughs> Anyone else? Uh, Jen? I'm going to say you're funnier when you don't laugh at your own jokes. Ooh. No, actually, you're funnier when you do laugh at your jokes. <laughs> oh, me. See? Uh, are you funnier if you make people slightly uncomfortable so they express their tension by laughing? So sorry, John. Uh, when you're drunk? No. Can I make an off the a no point guess? What's that? Points or nothing? Sorry. There you go. He debunked that women aren't funny. No, women aren't. That's, that's still true. Damn it. <laughs> I was pandering and everything. You know how I feel about pandering. <laughs> uh, no, uh, timing. Mm. He uh, debunked the idea that the secret of comedy is timing. Um, oh, the obvious answer. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be the obvious yeah, answer. Yeah, see, I try to make this easy on you guys. Salvatore Attardo had college students deliver jokes one of which was pre- prepared for them, and then two of which they had to come up with on their own. And he found that their piece of speaking did not differ significantly when delivering the punchline, and therefore he decided that timing is not important to comedy. That sounds like a That's bullshit. Yeah, I, I object. Uh, <laughs> what if they're a, just funnier than him? What if they're funnier than him? several problems with this. They were college students, not comedians. Like, they didn't actually judge how funny they were. This guy's a moron, basically. <laughs> Academics. So now that you know what you're dealing with, let's move on to question number two. <laughs> question two. According to psychologist Peter McGraw, the secret to comedy is the benign violation theory. What is the benign violation theory? <laughs> well, it's obvious. It's when the benign is violated. It's <laughs> violating the benign. Who doesn't know that? I mean, he got an applause break. You can't yeah, knock at the point. Yeah, I'm giving because the audience likes it, but it's right. not what I'm looking for. What's the benign violation? Is Steve. is it when you violate a social taboo, but there's no significant cost? That is absolutely does? correct. Well done, Steve. Yeah. Uh, it violates a norm or an expectation that society has without causing real harm. Uh, and according to the research, we laugh at things that are wrong, yet okay, threatening, yet safe, confusing, yet they make sense. Can That's I exactly please? what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie, you got the points. Shut up. <laughs> can, you, can you watch Steve's right hand? Because oh. I'm pretty sure he's got a smartphone under the table. Because did you oh. hear that warning? He like read that oh. shit straight no, no, from Wikipedia. No. That was, was not a human being talking. It was very on point. I'll keep yes. an eye on him from now Please on. Please do. But Keith, it won't be the first time that someone, aka everyone on the panel, has beaten you in a show. Oh, <laughs> so. tonight's my night. I'm but gonna win. I this know. Is it. I was saving it for Sketchfest. Yeah, you've been saying that for a long time. <laughs> Question number three. According to a paper published in the journal Social, Psychological, and Personality Science, how soon is too soon for a joke? How soon is too soon? Jen. Mm, I'm going to say within five years of some tragedy. Too soon. No. 
so sorry, incorrect, not what I'm looking for. It's too soon, Steve. I mean, doesn't it depend on, like, how many people died? Like, Steve, we're not here for your blah, blah, blah details. We're here for uh, an actual time period. Anyone else? John. Five days. Is this like the price is right where whoever gets closest without going over? Yeah. <laughs> Kyrie and Keith, if you get with, and if you get close, I'm going to give it to you. Five minutes. No. Kyrie, buzz in and give me your best guess. Six months. Not even close. You guys all missed it. Fifteen days. Fifteen days after a tragedy is so what I was Five years. For. I'm hypersensitive over here. Yeah. I think I was SJW. I think I was in fact. I was closest without going over. I if, if that no, makes was, you feel better. <laughs> a point you hang would on make to me that. feel better. Researchers surveyed about a thousand people before, during, and after Hurricane Sandy made landfall in the U.S. in 2012, and they showed them jokes about the hurricane, <laughs> which. God. The respondents felt, in general, were funny before landfall, but less and less funny over the next two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> As oh the extent of the damage became clear. The humor low <laughs> was 15 days after landfall, but the perceived humor rose to a high point 36 days after landfall. But after that, it fell to another low 99 days later. So. <laughs> well, are they like telling them the same joke over and over again? Because I feel like that might, yeah. that might influence. Is it influence. funny now? <laughs> is it funny now? <laughs> this is more like yeah, testing it's funny. Let Andy. me out of here. <laughs> this is more like testing the Andy Kaufman premise that if you just hammer him with it enough, it gets funny right. again eventually. One of my favorite things about this paper was I, I read the paper and like in this academic paper, they list the some of the jokes and one of them was like someone tweeting as the hurricane saying just blew the roof off a waffle house free french fries everybody <laughs> it's like wow man that hurricane's That's an asshole it's, it's funny now <laughs> but you're right it wasn't funny then so yeah 15 days not funny 30 or so days funny yeah now you know all right <laughs> question number four an anthropologist at University of Mexico found that people who wrote the funniest New Yorker cartoon captions were also what? Steve. Jewish. <laughs> All right, you get the You know it's true. You get the, you get the point. It's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> You're never, we're never what you're looking for. <laughs> John. Bilingual? Bilingual. Multilingual? No. That's interesting. Going, but no. Uh, Jen. Women. Funny, <laughs> Jen. We went over this earlier. God. Idiot. Comedians. Uh, <laughs> Comedians. Do you have any guests? Comedians. the funniest New Yorker cartoon. Oh, yeah, no, that's you. No, that's my guess. Oh. We're also comedians. Oh. Kyrie. <laughs> Why dudes wear glasses they don't need to read. <laughs> Not what I'm looking for, but I'll give you the point. Uh, no, smarter 
is the oh <laughs> yeah uh, for a twenty it was a twenty eleven study published in Intelligence uh, which is a an actual scientific journal. <laughs> um, Gil Greengross gave four hundred Jewish. <laughs> he gave 400 undergrads a series of verbal and abstract reasoning intelligence tests, and then he measured them against uh, how funny they were when they wrote captions for New Yorker cartoons. And what he found was that the students who scored higher on the intelligence measures also created the funniest captions. Who judged the funniness of the captions? Great question. Probably, like... Four old white men? <laughs> uh, that I don't know. They were blinded as to, like, the, they didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> someone in the audience is picturing someone just poking eyes out. And the audience, no, audience got a point. You guys just got 100 points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they were figuratively blinded. <laughs> Uh, wherein they couldn't tell how smart the people they were grading were, uh, so, you know. But, hold on. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the same researcher, uh, again in the next question. Because, uh, Gil Greengross is also not just an anthropologist, but he's also an evolutionary psychologist. <laughs> That's not a real field. I see, yeah. I see at least a few people have followed my work in the past. Uh, and he has been researching a hy hypothesis that women are more sensitive to comedy at what point in their lives? Menstrual. You got a buzz in. Buzz in. Menstrual. <laughs> Menstrual? Like when? <laughs> That's an adjective. <laughs> Steve, I know. <laughs> I know that you're gay. <laughs> so I'm going I'm, I'm giving you like a little bit of leeway here. You. Thank you. So you're saying when women are menstruating. Like, yes. At the, at that point in their cycle. Actually, I want you to continue to describe this and what, <laughs> and what you think happens. The moon makes the woman. All right, no, no. <laughs> you're done. No, not when they're menstruating. Keep. Puberty. No, not Kyrie. Is it when they're like pregnant, like when they're giving birth? No, you're so close. You're so close, John. Uh, menopause. No, it's on you. There's motherhood, like when they have young children. That's literally what Kyrie. Well, pregnancy is different. That's like when it's incubating. <laughs> stages here. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Steve buzz in again. Lactating. No. <laughs> Oh, just give Steve the voice. Also, FYI, it's weird how excited you were to buzz in and say lactating. I'm uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable. Every Jen is sitting next to you. She's uncomfortable. Yeah. No, all I wanted you to say is fertility when they're oh. at their most fertile. Which, if you follow evolutionary psychology, they're obsessed. With things that they think human women might do when they're at their most fertile. Oh. She's laughing actual... at my jokes. She's ready to go. <laughs> the actual answer is like pretty much nothing. Like, leave me the fuck alone. Um, but 
Evolutionary <laughs> psychologists are obsessed with like strippers making more money when they're fertile. Bullshit. Or like liking pink things more or whatever. Um, and pink so, yeah. things, huh? This, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pink things, Keith? It's even a song by XTC. I'm not the hacker. Really you, uh, no, you did that. You did that. That's Aerosmith. on you. That's that? an Aerosmith song about pink. <laughs> it's a, no, no. All right, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yes, this is a, a, a talk this guy gave seven years ago uh, at a conference on humor. He announced that he was studying that the idea that women are more sensitive to humor when they're at their most fertile. And <laughs> in that time, I have yet to find any published literature he has done <laughs> on this topic, which makes me suspect that it's uh, bullshit. So, yeah. Sounds like someone's got a crush. <laughs> I, I, I also like unintentionally funny men. <laughs> Question number five. In a survey of 500 comedians and more than 1,000 people in other occupations, researchers at Oxford found that comedians were more likely to hate what? Jen. Themselves. So true. Oh, bingo. Is that really too low? Come on. <laughs> too true. Too you know soon. I'm giving it to you. Thank you. Yeah. Because the correct answer is human beings. Uh, <laughs> and they are technically human beings. Yeah. Uh, not all of them. Were, comedians were more likely to experience a reduced ability to feel social and physical pleasure. <laughs> the same was not true of people in other uh, occupations, including actors. Comedians, more so than other people, were more likely to have a mild distaste for humanity. <laughs> Kyrie? Is this like a secret, like, you know, like a therapy session or like <laughs> a setup? Tell me how that makes you feel about humanity. Fuck humanity. Listen, yeah, this okay, is why. Right. I think me and Kyrie are here going, yeah, this yeah, is news. Yeah. We could have been paid Confirmed. for telling people this. We, we knew this. All right, here we go. Is it worse when you're fertile? <laughs> <laughs> Final question of this round. Damn, you had a good set tonight, dude. You were fertile as fuck. <laughs> Final question. According to research done by psychologist Richard Wiseman, what's the funniest animal? Jen. Platypus. Just look at it. It's you funny. Are, I will say this. You are close. Mm. John. Aardvark? Keith. Duck. Absolutely correct, it's the duck. Ducks are hilarious! <laughs> yeah, and uh, Wiseman found that ducks uh, in this very large survey were consistently funnier than Donald, the other Donald, Daffy, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, there's more. <laughs> and he does think that the reason why might be related to the comedy K referenced by Kyrie earlier. Duck ends with a K and also makes a quack, quack, quack. sound that has two K's sounds. Uh, the comedy K is this idea that K's are just funnier than other sounds. Keith agrees. Mm. As does Kyrie, I assume. Yeah, hey. Kyrie, is there a third K? Nope. No, we don't I do that. Not. Come on, Kyrie. <laughs> My middle name is K. Stop, stop trying to make us look bad. 
Ah, oh, the rule of twos. <laughs> uh, and what, for a bonus point, tell me a joke uh, about a duck. Open to anyone. Just buzz in and tell me a joke about a duck and you get a point. Oh, man, I know. Wow. A million jokes wow. about ducks. Just I mean, I could take all the frog it, jokes I know I, and just make it a duck. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Tell me a joke with a duck. It has to be less than ten seconds. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here for your, like, shaggy dog story. Your old man's walking story. down the street, uh, feeding the ducks, and the duck says, Hey, old man, pick me up and kiss me on the head. I'll turn into a beautiful 18-year-old woman. The old man says, Oh, great. And he tucks the duck under his arm. He keeps walking. Takes the duck home, sets the duck up in his room. A couple days later, the duck goes, Hey, dummy, I-, I said kiss me on the head. I'll turn into a beautiful 18-year-old woman. He said, Hey, buddy, I'm 80 years old. I'd rather have a talking duck. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Quite obvious that that was a frog replacement. <laughs> I don't but know why I know like a hundred frog jokes. I'll take it. All right, let's check out our scores. It looks like first place is a tie. Kyrie and the audience are tied with one hundred. All, right. All right. Second place is also a tie. The best he's ever done. Keith Ol Jensen it's and my Steve night. Silverman with it's negative one hundred points. Not bad. Uh, Jen, you're not too far behind with negative 300. And John, I'm so sorry, negative 500. I'm screwed. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> I'm, not I'm done. because. I'm just going to drink my beer. I don't know that Keith has ever not come in last place. Oh, I've good. never not. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, don't worry. In, okay. in the following round, he's going to take I usually do good in the beginning. Gonna, and then Rebecca goes, oh shit, Keith's doing good. And she starts <laughs> taking points. If you just want to, like, hit his buzzer and yeah. just say no. I, I, I told them about that trick earlier. <laughs> <laughs> right here. Right there, on the punching Nazis. All right, <laughs> round number three of the category is incredible animals. What dinosaur do researchers say had less bite strength than a finch? Kyrie. It was the T-Rex because uncommon probably T-Rex were more scavengers, not predators. Their arms wouldn't allow them to be the predators they were. They didn't have that much bite strength. They didn't move fast, and they were more scavengers. Taco Bell, also right. T-Rexes. But I probably could have guessed that the guy who knows Taco Bell really well would know a lot about dinosaurs. <laughs> like, that just goes together to me. I know a lot about bike strength. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know exactly what to serve the T-Rex yeah. if they came if through. If a T-Rex bit a chalupa, <laughs> you know it's exactly how long it would take him to eat it. Yeah, uh, it's mostly about it being relative to its size. And also that the finch is breaking nuts and things. And the so it's a compliment to the finch, not an insult to the T-Rex. Yeah, Those no, absolutely. Badass. Finches will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a 20-ton finch would just totally tear you a new one. It would destroy you. Yeah, I mean, so that's, T-Rex is pretty badass. I mean, don't, you know, don't you should get this wrong. You know, I mean, if you had to fight one or the other, you well, would probably fin- still pick the finch. Not a 20-ton one, I wouldn't. But a 20-ton finch. I'd go for the T-Rex. the T-Rex. Yeah, Can definitely. The T-Rex is <laughs> we'll give you a tortilla and see. Let's find out. They pull their bed sheets so they can't. They can never figure that out. Question number two: Researchers at Max Planck Institute injected ferrets with a human-specific gene to increase the size of their what? Mm. Obvious <laughs> jokes do sometimes get points. Just so you know, Jen. I'm gonna say their brain. 
absolutely correct. Ooh, can I, can I, can I guess what the gene was? Is it Fox P2? <laughs> All right, my, my PhD is being point, revoked. Though. I'm not a geneticist, though. Maybe that's also what it's called. It's ARG, AR8. I can't even. I can't even. It's not it. I'm just wrong. ARHGAP11B, which is. A- oh yeah, that one. Yeah. That one. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like, oh now I know. <laughs> I was gonna say they're dicks, but <laughs> of course, of course I was going to. She buzzed in a second before me. I had dick just ready. <laughs> I always do. It's a, <laughs> it's a gene that has been looked at by a biologist studying evolution as maybe one of the keys to why humans develop bigger brains than other primates. And so they took this gene and they injected it into some ferret fetuses, and it did make their prefrontal cortex, to be particular, made it larger. They then uh, aborted the fetuses so that they didn't have, like, human ferrets walking around. <laughs> so but they didn't get jobs in the Trump administration? <laughs> Steve, Steve, I don't approve of pandering. They're, they're, I know you know the audience wanted that. Steve, they're, they're, not getting they're, points they're overqualified, it. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Saying dicks, ferret dicks would have gotten you points, but pandering about the Trumps, no. Question number three. Researchers are discovering more and more about the Incan Empire thanks to examining mites that feast on what animals poop. What animals poop are researchers studying? John. Uh, llamas? Absolutely correct. Well done. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. They- wait, wait. I want to know how John got that right. Because it was a guess, it did sound like so an I know educator. there was some logical progression that led you to think that was likely. Are you uh, the sort of llamas or the uh, alpacas? I was going for one of those Andean you know, funky animals. You know, I would have given it to you if you had said alpacas. Or guinea pigs. I don't know or, the difference. Yeah, good. Yeah, llamas <laughs> a cool one. Yeah, alpacas. Like, yeah, sure. Oh wait, so you like used logic? Yeah. Uh, that's a whole weird science shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and John. Incos yeah. and you know. So yeah, they discovered this ancient since dried up high in the mountains. And uh, they realized that because it was a lake, uh, Incans used to take these caravans of llamas through and they would stop at the lake to drink and feed. And what would happen is that the llamas would poop and then these mites would feed on their poop and then the mites, which are like tiny spiders, they would die and then sink into the lake bed where they were then covered up by more and more sediment. So now they've taken a core and they can count how many mites are in each layer of sediment. The more mites, the more llama poop, which means the more Incans were taking people through. So it's pretty cool because by this, uh, they have found that the population boomed when the Incan Empire dominated the Andes from 1438 CE to 1533 CE. But after the Spanish arrived, the number of mites in the core plummeted. Uh, because so many indigenous people and their animals died during that. Uh, and then, uh, the population rose again after that. Uh, and then when European cows and pigs moved in and they started to poop around the lake. So it's just a cool way of studying the movement of humans through the movement of animals. Dead, dead poop spiders. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think of this grad student going on for Thanksgiving. 
And their grandmother asked, so what are you doing at school here? And they're like, well, I'm counting mites and llama shit, you know, in an ancient lake in the, in the Andes. Remember what you, know, you used to yell at you me for doing a doctor. in the backyard? <laughs> you could have been a lawyer. You could have been a doctor. Yeah, I mean, but also, like, I, I've had some difficult conversations with my parents at Thanksgiving yeah, yeah. of what I'm doing with my life. So, well, that's true. You, know. you should really rethink it. I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, John. <laughs> Question number four. Humpback whales were recently found to be able to transmit what to other populations of whales, Steve? Songs. Absolutely correct. Well done. It's, it's kind of, a, it's literally like pop music of the ocean. It is like pop music of the ocean. Yeah. And not just the ocean, oceans. Yes. Because the coolest part of this is that they found the songs were being transmitted from one ocean to another. Uh, in this case, they studied whales on both the eastern and western side of the continent of Africa and found that whales were transmitting songs across when, like, one whale would meet another and then come back around and spread it around and what's really wild is that songs the songs go in and out of style. They do. Like they be they surge in popularity like viral memes or whatever, and then they die. Stop trying to appeal to the kids, Steve. Okay. It's fine. That's not working right out. You don't have to say memes. Right, here. right. It's he said that they're like whale boy Pop bands songs. or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well done, Steve. Well Are there like whale boy bands or something? Is like a Justin Bieber whale or something? Yeah. It's popular for a few minutes. Bowie so. bands. Jam whale. Jam. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Move on, uh, Rebecca. No could you could you take a point away from yourself? <laughs> Did you buzz in, Keith? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That'll count. All right. Uh, uh, Audience at home, I just accidentally gave Dr. John a point. Yeah. That I, wasn't an accident. Yeah, I'm keeping it. Well, it was an accident on my part. Yeah, well, no, it was a fuck-up on your part. <laughs> uh, next question. What is climate change causing great tits to do? John. Uh, this is awful, but they get larger. They actually are. <laughs> great tits, by the way, are a bird. They're not what you think it is. It's a bird in Europe. Uh, it's a bird in the U.K. But they're migrating and moving and dying off in some places but getting larger. Tell me more about the tits, John. <laughs> they're great. Um, <laughs> they're a bird in the UK. I know. I'm embarrassed to say, but yeah, it's actually a new bird. I don't remember the Latin name. John, not what I'm looking for, but I find your awkward mumbling adorable. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. so, so you're getting points for it. Very good. I'm trying to decide if he made all this up or no, not. There was that was really good. <laughs> not what I'm looking for. Really? Yeah, no, it's not. It is sort of related to the fact that they are, he's right that they are big, <laughs> but they're doing something much more headline worthy. Oh. Does anyone know what it is? Does anyone in the audience know? And doing what to them? Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me, uh, what number are you? <laughs> yes, that's the correct audience. <laughs> Now, the, the optimal answer I was looking for was that great tits are currently killing other birds and eating their brains. Ouch. Wow. Uh, this is according to a new study published in the journal Current Biology. Uh, great tit breeding season due to climate change is now overlapping with the migratory patterns of a much smaller bird called a flycatcher, a tied flycatcher. And so the tits are bigger and stronger. And... 
So they're, they've been using the flycatchers as a food source. They've been murdering them and then eating their brains for sustenance. So are ornithologists the perviest biologists? <laughs> we got boobies and tits. And... Jen, do you want to weigh in on this? What's the perviest biologist? Probably the, the evolutionary psychologist. <laughs> we all agree they're not real scientists. Like, pick a real scientist who's the pervious. John, who do you think is the pervious scientist? Uh, probably have to go with the ornithologist, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, think so? I think so. That's I loved right. hearing John say three times, it's a bird in the UK. It's a bird. <laughs> no way you think it is. So in case my mom's listening, it it's a adorable. bird in the UK. Or my HR department. <laughs> <laughs> Al Gore, if you're out there, I it's a bird. I just got this job. <laughs> a real job, not like this guy. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Last question in this round. Female parakeets are more likely to want to mate with a male that they previously didn't like if they see him do what? Make a really good joke when they're at their most fertile. <laughs> Steve. Build a nest. Incorrect. Kyrie. Um, sing. Incorrect. John. Um, get it on with another female bird? No one wants that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, listen to Mr. It's a yeah. Bird in the yeah. UK. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they'd be jealous or something. I don't know. know. Hold HR department. I'm concerned. (laughs) Jen, you want to buzz in there? Hey, there you go. I was going to say what you said. So so great minds. Dodged Uh, a bullet there. um, I'm going to say if they see him eating food. Uh, Does anyone in the audience know? This is a deep Vomit? No! Don't get us wrong. That is hot. Nobody gets turned on by seeing someone barf. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. This is a friend of mine who I know is a bird person. <laughs> so she's like, obviously the most attractive thing is when a person barks in front of you, right? Like, <laughs> Super hot. Did you like the movie Bird Box? Great question. Are there birds in Bird Box? I haven't seen it yeah. yet. No spoilers. There are birds, though? I don't know what kind, though. What? No, Finches. we're off topic. We're off topic. <laughs> the answer is solve a problem. Uh, so they had these female parakeets that they, yeah. They... Like what kind of problems? Like math problems? Like what kind of? Yeah, like word problems. Like <laughs> so this nerd birds are hot. flies from Chicago to New York and <laughs> yeah. one is headed that way. No, like solving her life Like problems. a swallow carrying coconuts. <laughs> yeah. An unladen swallow. There you go. Uh. No, so they had some budgies, as they're known. Um, they, they found some mates that they found less desirable, but then they showed these mates solving a problem to get food. So I did almost get that to you, but I'm cool. Um, yeah. And uh, so the, the female parakeets that saw the males that they didn't like before, when they saw them actually solve a problem, they're like, I fuck it. <laughs> and they chose those mates over the mates that they had previously preferred. Can I ask you a personal question? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever changed your mind 
Like, I don't want to fuck that dude, but damn, he did just pick up that litter. Like, I mean, or like he or found like a way to park, like, yeah. crossword puzzles. I would, yeah. I would like to say no, but my current boyfriend is a programmer for Apple. <laughs> And I got a lot of shit going on here with like, things are constantly going wrong. And it's extremely attractive when he does it. <laughs> so at first she was like, no. He was like, wait, I can fix your laptop. Yeah, I was like. I can make Quizzitron work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was also, he was a genius at a Mac, at an Apple store, you know, and I was like, oh no, now I'm into it. I get it. What'd you think of him before that? Oh, that was disgusting. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I can't win, I can at least ruin your relationship. Yeah. No. <laughs> can you give me a ride home tonight? <laughs> no problem. Okay, I love you, baby. Uh, okay, uh, that's the end of that round. Let's take a look at the scores. It looks like the audience is in first place with 200 points. Yeah. Kyrie is in a close second with 100 points. Yeah. Keith Bill Jensen doing the best he has ever done with I zero points. I have three points. people with less points than me. I know. I have never seen this happen me before. Me neither. And it's all the scientists. The science. The you guys are, suck. You guys need to pick it up. We've got Steve at negative 100. You're our best bet for, you know, overtaking Keith. And then Jen and John are tied with negative 300. Just goes to show you PhD is totally Pretty worthless. Useless, Just yeah. don't, don't yeah. do it. <laughs> We're, we're not going to help you much. Right. I, I believe in you guys. I believe in you. You're going to get there. Uh, here we go. Uh, you know what? I'm skipping our plant round. <laughs> We've only got 20 minutes left and plants aren't that interesting. Uh, that gonna... was what I've been studying all month. You said there would be plants. Keep getting high backstage does not count <laughs> as studying plants. It's a plant. <laughs> All right, our category is stupid humans. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I've been studying that too. I know. You've been living that. Question number one. Punching down, Rebecca. <laughs> Where else am I going to reach you? Uh, <laughs> Do you see what I put up with, audience? <laughs> Question number one. About 25 million American adults falsely believe that they have what type of disorder? Autism. Jen. Gluten sensitivity. Absolutely correct. Yes. (laughs) I will say not just gluten, but food allergies in general. Uh, Recent research found that 19% of people believe that they have a food allergy, but only 11% do. uh, In a survey of more than 40,000 people. Uh, the researchers think that most of the problems people are confusing allergies with intolerances. Uh, and intolerance, you know, you poop weird. Uh, and allergy, you maybe die. So, don't get confused. Uh, question number two. That's such a, a dick study. The truth is, a bunch of people have grammar problems and just need the definition of two words. I mean, yes, but also these people are clogging up ERs and uh, making unreasonable requests of leaders. What did, what did the audience say? Toilets. I believe the audience said toilets when I said clogging ERs. You can't. So, no, the audience can't. Yeah. get 100 points for that. So, 
The audience is pulling ahead, you guys. They need a way to lose points. This is uh, they're How are they going to share the belt? I want to see that. I mean, it did it did happen. It did happen once before, but in a, a wonderful twist of fate, there were only like three people in the audience. <laughs> so it was actually an easier photo to take than having like the panelists. What a streak we're on though. When's the last time a panelist won? Because we had the audience and then a dead shark. That's true. Last month a dead shark won. Uh, we had a shark re- researcher who came with a dead shark in a jar of formaldehyde. And we had a, a comedian who failed to show up. And so the dead shark took their place and actually won. <laughs> and looked smashing in the belt. So, yeah, it's been three months since a panelist has won. <laughs> uh, I believe in you guys, though. <laughs> Question number two in Stupid Humans. A French teenager recently injected himself with the DNA made from a translation of what book? Jen. The Bible. Obviously, I yes. read this one. Because <laughs> what else would you inject yourself with? Yeah, The Hobbit? No. That Highly would be my scientific go-to. piece of literature. <laughs> did you actually read this? I, I have. I did hear this story. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, it was actually the Bible and the Quran, one in each leg. Oh, good. Just, just <laughs> checking all the boxes face. just in case, I guess. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, he's got to cover his bases. Uh, he said he matched various characters in the Hebrew alphabet to the nucleotides in order to produce a strand of DNA that corresponded to the first few verses of the book of Genesis in the Bible. And he actually published a paper on this, which I kind of respect. Uh, and he said in that paper that a similar technique was used to match individual letters in Arabic to translate the Quran. And so he did the Bible into his left thigh and the Quran into his right thigh. The Bible was the only one that blistered. <laughs> <laughs> and they say science and religion are incompatible. Uh, Jen, is that a thing that you can do? You personally. Um, <laughs> I, our I'd, DNA expert. I'd advise against it, generally. <laughs> Have you ever injected yourself with anything random that you translated? <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that question. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> What's oh, the sorry, statute your of limitations? <laughs> Yeah, I don't want you to get fired. Uh, question number three. A cruise is scheduled for 2020 carrying people who believe what? Flat See, Earth. Absolutely correct. The Flat Earth Society. Good go. luck, guys. Yeah. Do they, like, hope they're going to go off the edge? Like, just... <laughs> Yeah, it's organized by the Flat Earth International Conference, who apparently don't realize that nautical navigation requires a spherical Earth. <laughs> so we don't really know what's going to happen to them, but they're booking now. So the best thing about those guys is, like, you know, on their uh, on Twitter, they actually said, well, "We have a large membership. We have members from all around the world." They literally said that. <laughs> yeah, like, hello, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Did you see? They said Australia is not real. Oh. Some flat earthers were like, Australia's not real. And I'm like, what about the flat earthers in Australia? That's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sad for them. I'm like, oh. We're not real. We're out of the club. We're in the According to researchers at Princeton this week, people over the age of 65 are seven times more likely to do what? John. Spread fake news on Facebook. Absolutely correct. Well done. Damn, these scientists are 
really pulling up now. John, as a person over the age of 65. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who has sucked the blood of youngsters and others. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shots fired. <laughs> so you ran It's a bird in the UK. It's a bird in the UK. Steve got points for that. You got a hundred points for that, Steve. I like that. I like that moxie. Yes, sharing fake news. Did you read about this? Yeah, uh, somebody sent me a fake article about it, you know, on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> you know. Uh, no, but it's just like uh, people lean a little older, a little more conservative, tend to spread a lot more BS on According Facebook. to who? According to liberal intelligentsia right. at Liberal millennials. Who are totally <laughs> sold out. You know, they're, they're totally in the liberal conspiracy, of course, yeah. Uh, yes, it, they were more Republican, and they were... Uh, in, in both absolute and relative terms, and they yeah. were older. Um, there is some good news in this study. Is They're going to die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but <laughs> also uh, they found that it's not the case that people will just share anything. So people who like share a lot of things are more likely to share fake news. It's uh, actually the vast majority of users did not share fake news. And uh, the people who do share fake news pretty much just exclusively do that. <laughs> so it's literally just your insane uncle on Facebook. Like, that's who's doing it. Just block him and move on. It's, it's not like, oh, there's fake news mixed in with the real news. No, it's just like one idiot sharing nothing but bullshit. <laughs> so that's the good news. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Look, we take our good news where we can. All right, next question. Researchers recently discovered that American voters became less supportive of Trump after learning what about him? Kyrie. That he was running for president. <laughs> Giving you the points, not what I'm looking for, though. So this is recent. These are voters that supported him and now don't because they learned what? Well, his polling has dropped precipitously since the government shutdown every day. What did they learn about Trump, though? Uh, or they met with Putin or this something? This is or? something that they didn't know before. Researchers told them this, and then they were like, oh, actually, yeah, I don't like him that much. Oh. Mm. <laughs> nice try, audience. Nice try, but John... John you I'm should lose John a, a point for that. I'm take take a, a point from him. Was it their hands? Hold, hold oh. on. Let's let John... Oh, um, you get one more one more shot at it. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Um, no, he shot his load. Take his point. <laughs> Is that a bird, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bird uh, in Australia. How dare you? I don't know. I mean, he, but that he wanted to shut down the government, that he... Uh, <laughs> All right, now you know. <laughs> All right, uh, Jen. That he likes his steak with ketchup. Ooh. Good, good guess. Is not what I'm looking for, though. Because that's like a deal breaker, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, All the other stuff, yeah. Right. Grabbing women by the pussy, yeah. whatever. Concentration caps for, like, little children. Yeah. Fine. Ketchup. Ketchup, no. Anybody? Kyrie, you want to take a... His hands. <laughs> Being tiny. Yeah, I think that'll creep people out. Like, <laughs> like we want a leader with big hands. We don't want a tiny hand leader. 
I think that would really be more weird. I don't, I would vote tiny hands. I don't know. It's his supporters, right? So who the fuck knows gonna turn them off? <laughs> but I love, for real, tiny hands. I love hearing Kyrie sound like one of us, like, well, I'm not a bigot. I'd vote for a little hands guy. Some of my best friends have little hands. <laughs> I would date a girl with little hands. <laughs> Keith, would you like to take a guess? No. That's that's how I'm finally not losing. I'm not taking guesses. I'm not taking wild stabs in the dark. What did we learn new about it? Uh, <laughs> you can buzz me in from over there. Did you just learn that? I've been doing this for the past year. Yeah. No, the correct answer is that he inherited his wealth. They didn't know that? Yeah, the deal breaker was apparently them not realizing that he uh, was basically born with a silver spoon in his mouth. They were like, what? Never mind. Oh, you mean the small loan? Yeah, yeah, the small loan of a million dollars or whatever. Yeah, that apparently. And, but, again, to focus on the good news, when the researchers gently and probably monosyllabically explained this to them... (laughs) They did change their opinion about Trump. So facts might help. Uh, You're right. We're all going to die. Everything. Okay. Next question. Uh, Okay. A new study found that in virtual reality, while girls learn best when their instructor is a young female researcher named Marie, Boys learn best when their instructor is what? Keith? The audience knows, so you better get this right, because they are champing at the bit. A young female researcher named Marie. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I had a different guess, but you led me astray. Man. A debated, Jen. <laughs> a drone. Absolutely correct. Wow, what? Yes, I'm well drone. read. I yeah, read the news. What does that even mean? Yeah. A flying drone. The audience is too stunned, Eve. They're just like, okay, what right. is happening? Yeah. 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 Got okay. Boys so like flying drones. In this research. Wow, we're they dumb. I'm going to go <laughs> There's so much wrong with this that I wasn't really oh. sure where to start with it. But yeah. So they, it's interesting because they're looking at like, oh, how kids learn in a virtual reality environment. And one of the benefits of that is that you can tailor it to their needs. But these researchers decided to test this by showing a group of children, uh, all uh, Danish uh, middle school students. They don't count. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck the Danes. (laughs) My my last name's Jensen, and I feel authorized to say we don't represent the rest of you. We're an odd people. Well, you shouldn't. Because, yeah, yeah, these kids were randomly assigned to learn from one of two avatars. One being a young female researcher named Marie, and the other was a flying robot eyeball basically whoa 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 see that's more that that's cool uh, i get it now oh, like, well, and how was, it was a drone but was marie selling it like or was she just like was she good i was just like a random i need uh, to see marie no it says here that she was incompetent at her job while the drone was great 
Yeah, she was good. She did the exact same thing as the drone. I no, was she boring or like, I don't She could have been like. She did the exact same thing as the robot. She flew around. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the audience might win here. <laughs> All right, how many of the audience points have come from one person? Are you guys spreading it around, or did you bring a ringer? <laughs> this is Sketchfest. There's professional comedians That's all over true. the city. Did yeah, they well, rope one in? Step up your game, huh? <laughs> Pat and Oswald, get the fuck out of here! We're crashing our show. Last question of this round: The American Family Association. Ugh. <laughs> this one's starting almost as good as I injected myself. <laughs> this question, I, I should give a shout out. This question, this is inspired by uh, Drew Curtis, who has been on Quizzertron before and who runs Fark.com, occasionally sends me ridiculous things. He sent this to me the other day, and so I'm like, this has to be The American Family Association has released a 12-disc video series attempting to convince men to give up porn and replace it with what? Pirate. Drones. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely correct. <laughs> no. I mean, close. Fighter jets is what I was looking okay. for. But what is a drone if not a fighter jet without a human pilot in it? Yes, it's basically like when Drew sent it to me, I saw the headline, which is basically what I just told you. And I'm like, is this about like how I masturbate the Top Gun, and I didn't think anyone knew. Uh, okay, for the listeners at home, our icons for the Tom 100 Cruise. points oh, are Tom Cruise from Top Gun. I actually forgot. <laughs> so Rebecca's fetish that she's revealing is no joke. This Look, goes deep. It's a good movie, all right? Uh, <laughs> so you more Tom Cruise or the Iceman? Okay, but yeah. you can go either way, it sounds like. I can go. I mean, yeah. so good Iceman. Uh, hey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the series includes high-production cinema battlefield reenactment scenes chock full of metaphors conveyed by artillery guns, fighter jets, and an overarching battle plan for purity. Are they sexual metaphors? Like, what's... I, mean, I have what's a massive the, erection right now. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds... Like, the, FA, <laughs> the FA is still cool with us jerking to it. I hope so, because I will. Uh... In the video teaser, Marine fighter pilot and pastor Dr. Ted Roberts explains, and I quote, it will put a weapon in your hands that you can conquer and begin to help other men. I don't have an erection. (laughs) And the sales copy explains that viewers can expect to discover, and I quote, the strongholds that keep men in bondage. I discovered that stronghold when I was 13. <laughs> There's men still looking. All right. Uh, that's it for that round. Uh, we've got one more to go. It looks like the audience is still only with 400. God. <laughs> We're counting on you, Kyrie. Kyrie is, is hot on your heels, though, with 300. So well done, Kyrie. Clap for him. Yeah. Sore winners. He might beat you, but... Uh, Steve is in third with a hundred. Jen and Keith tied with negative a hundred. And John, you're you're doing better. You're only at negative three hundred. Really killing it. And we're all proud of you. (laughs) Clap to tell him that you're proud of him.
<laughs> Guys, we have one more round. Pokemon or drug? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Awesome. Now's my time. I've been studying <laughs> for decades. <laughs> the Pokemon Rich part, bulk? not the drug part. <laughs> um, have you ever combined the two? Jen is a meth addict who's very into Pokemon. <laughs> I'm going to say the name of either a Pokemon or a drug, and I want you to buzz in and tell me which one it is. Centret. Jen. Pokemon. <laughs> I would oh, have gotten that one down wrong. Now. This is where I climb. She's so, she's so excited. <laughs> I was sure I had actually done that one at a party. <laughs> he might have. I might have. <laughs> yeah. Centret is a second generation normal type. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't. I don't fuck with normal. Gliscor. <laughs> <laughs> you guys would be faster. I know. Pokemon. Pokemon. Well done, Jen. It's a fourth generation ground flying type. I think I know. <laughs> Jet, John and Kyrie have given up. <laughs> I think I know what Rebecca and Jen's friendship is based on. <laughs> Uh, and, and can I share with the audience that you and my daughter give each other gifts on Pokemon Go? Yeah, yeah, we're tight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She needs to open them more often, though. I gotta get the best friends. Sorry about, about that. All right. Let her have some more screen time. <laughs> no allowance until you open. <laughs> yeah, no allowance Rebecca's until you and gift. Rebecca are best friends. Number three. Decadron. Keith. Drug. Absolutely correct. Well done. It's a corticosteroid. I, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Fourth, fourth generation. I could tell. <laughs> Carnotaur. Keith. Pokemon. Damn it. That's, that's a drug. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, and basically if someone gets it wrong because of the way it. this software is set up, the next person to buzz in gets it, so, you know. It's unfair, but I'm taking it. Unless they don't. Unless they're like, no, I'm pretty sure it was a Pokemon. Rosarem. Jen. That's Pokemon. No! Yes! No! John! A drug? It is a drug! <laughs> Where are you guys? Uh, I'm Give sorry, me. Jen, but I believe you're thinking of Rosarem. That, that, that is what I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Rosarem is, in fact, a totally sweet got drug. That right. Yeah. Oh, that's so great that you know them well enough to find the ones that sound alike. Oh, the audience is quiet now. Keith, no you Pokemon. know I do my research. <laughs> this is great. This is your calling. This is yeah. Azrael. Steve. Drug. Oh. John. A Pokemon. John's John's good in the cleanup. How is he getting all of these correct? John's fast on that buzzer. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, that's a third generation normal type. Is there yeah. a such thing as a pokey drug? Before we Actually, go any yeah, further, there's like candy you can feed them to buff them up. Yeah. That's it's basically true. Pokemon yeah. steroids, right? Oh, yeah. man. Uh, Geodon. Keith. Pokemon. No. No. Keith. It's a drug. It is a drug. It's a, it's a, a stimulant. 
It's it's used in Egypt actually by uh, fighters. That's not what I've written down here. If you could tell me what I wrote down here, I'll give you extra points. It's one it, word. Amphetamine no. or no antipsychotic. No. Oh, is it really? an antipsychotic? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking I know. know. I don't know. I Too psychotic off. to know. I got this off a meme. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Vaporeon. Jen. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to. Crestor. Kyrie. There has to be a Pokemon. No. <laughs> what? Oh, God. A drug? <laughs> I believe John's up to zero. <laughs> I'm crawling to be fair, I don't have health care, so I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sympathy point. <laughs> yeah, you have Pokemon. Buzz in, Kyrie. There's a hundred sympathy points. That, that'll cure whatever ails you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, last one. Wolvapix. Say it again real slow. <laughs> Wolvapix. There's got to be a Pokemon. Please be a Pokemon. <laughs> John. It's a drug. <laughs> no, I made it up. Ha-ha! It's a drug. Oh! That wasn't an option, though. You should take 100 <laughs> points away from you. That's what Damn hard. straight. All right, guys, that is oh. the end of our game. Let's go wow. see where everyone <clears throat> is here. It looks like the audience. <laughs> Somehow the audience still won with 400 points. But in second place, out of nowhere, Kyrie Shabbat. Yeah. Yeah. With 300 points. Jen I McClay still managed to come in last. Third place with 200. Steve Silver with 100. John all the way up to negative 100. I see you. Would have been you. zero if you had I see you. And in last place, as usual. <laughs> I was Pete doing Jensen so good. Negative 300. Damn points. it. Uh, guys, uh, before we do the official crowning of the the Quizotron belt, which we will allow Kyrie to wear for, we'll break it down to five minutes. What size is it? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's no, adjustable. The wand. Let them all wear it's it. Adjustable. And then we'll have all the audience come on up and wear it too. It's I don't know if they're all going to come on the stage. Can I mean, we have the house lights on instead? Let's cross that bridge when we get to All right, to it. all right. Uh, in the meanwhile, I would love for you guys to go down the table and just remind our audience, both here and at home listening on the podcast, where they can find you and, you know, whatever you want to plug. Let's Hi. Start Steve. I'm Steve Silverman with a B. You can find me on Twitter with, with that name. And I'm the author of Neurotribes, The Legacy of Autism and the Future of Neurodiversity. Steve Silverman, everyone. I'm Jennifer McCrite. You can find me on Twitter at Jenniferit. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-U-R-R-E-T. That's a Pokemon name. The fix was in. I mainly tweet about genetics. And Pokemon. So, there you go. Jen McCrite, everyone. <laughs> you can find me, uh, all this month at, uh, uh, SF Sketch Fest. I'm doing a show on the 18th, uh, the Architect, which is a really good show, and then the best of Cycle in the Showcase on, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 20, I'm in it, but I don't know when it is. I was hoping you were going to drive. 23rd or 24th, so. I should be here during Sketch Fest and, uh, yeah, or at the Bard Station giving out Taco Bell speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie Shabazz, everyone. Yeah.
Hey Kyrie, do you mess with uh you mess with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? No, I'm terrible at it. No. <laughs> no. All right. Well never mind then. <laughs> John. Yeah, I'm uh, John Foley. I work at something called uh, Project Drawdown, which is a place for climate change solutions. So go to drawdown.org. Uh, but on social media, I'm uh, known as Global Eco Guy on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that kind of crap. So you can find me there. John Foley, everyone. And tonight's loser. I'm sorry. Every, every nice nice loser. loser. I worked hard for that. Don't take that away from me. I am Keith Lowell Jensen, and I'm Keith Lowell on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all the rest. And uh, you can buy my book, Punching Nazis and Other Good Ideas, out in front of the place tonight so I can afford gas to get back to Sacramento. <laughs> Keith Lowell Jensen, everyone. And I'm Rebecca Watson. You can find me at Rebecca Watson. But more importantly, you can see Quizotron next month uh, on February 28th in our regular space over at Piano Fight, uh, where we'll be doing a live show. Uh, we're doing it the fourth Thursday of every month now. We've switched it up from last year. Um, you can also find our podcast on whatever app that you use to listen to podcasts or over at Quizotron.com, uh, where Keith and I will bring you weird science news every week. Uh, you can also find us at Quizotron on Twitter. Uh, so thank you very much for everyone being here. Thank you so much to Sketchfest for having us once again. I think this is our third or fourth year back, and it's awesome every time. We love to be a part of this amazing festival. And once again, thank you to our winner, the audience. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>